All right, it's good to be here. Amen. Number of first. First time I'm going to preach twice since March. In one day. Unless you count the times I preached in the hospital to people. We're going to see how this new shirt preaches. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Chronicles. That's the Old Testament one. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I'm going to speak on the subject of glory, not the place. Sometimes we refer to our heavenly home as glory, but I'm going to speak on the subject of glory as that which is to be rendered unto God. That is our worship of Him. And I think one of the things is we can judge our services on or we can judge any uh, church service on how God was glorified and we may inquire of our own selves, did I glorify God? I want to read 1 Chronicles 29 beginning at verse 10. And the occasion here is they were gathering, offering uh, their substances to build the, to build the uh, temple. David was gathering materials so that they might build the temple and he was going to die and then Solomon would become king and the temple would be built. And so 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 10 It says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, And thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people? that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort. For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners, as were all our fathers. 
Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee, and house for thine holy name, cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart, and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people, and prepare their heart unto thee, and give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart, to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things, and to build the palace for the which I have made provision." And David said to all the congregation, Now bless the Lord your God, and all the congregation bless the Lord God of their fathers, that bow down their heads and worship the Lord and the King. And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord, and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord on the morrow after that day, even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs with their drink offerings, and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel, and did eat and drink before the Lord on that day with great gladness. And they made Solomon the son of David king the second time, and anointed him unto the Lord to be the chief governor, and Zadok to be priest. I'll stop reading there. You'll notice here an, uh, an abundance of glorifying the Lord. We read in verse 11 and 13, the word, uh, verse 11, glory, verse 13, glorious. But I just want to read a few verses again, verse 10. Uh, it will start there again. It says, wherefore David blessed the Lord. He blessed him. Blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. That's, that's glorifying God. Then he says in verse 11, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness. That's, blessed, that's glorifying God. Greatness is thine. The power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Each of these is glorifying God. He says... Uh, for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Each one of these things that David, he's ascribing them unto the Lord. And each one glorifies him. Now they don't, it doesn't make it so. There's certain things, you know, we say, well, this is that, and this is the other, and, and that makes it so. But whether we, we ascribe these things to God or not does not make it so. They are His. The greatness is His. The power is His. The glory is His. The victory, the majesty. I mean, it, it tells us here in, in this verse here, 
uh, all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Whether we ascribe it to him or not, it's his. And so, when we ascribe it to him, when we say it's his, it glorifies him. Now, I want to note some things here this morning, and we see this throughout the scriptures, and we might ask again ourselves as we go through the services each and every time. Did I glorify the Lord? Now the first thing I want to note is that God is alone to be worshipped. He alone is to be glorified. Look in Psalm 115. Psalm 115. And I want to note here... Again, that God alone is to be glorified. And we might say, well, that's common sense. Well, it's becoming less common sense every day. And unfortunately and sadly, it's becoming less common sense inside the walls of churches and even the Lord's churches. In Psalm number 15, notice what the psalmist writes. He says, verse 1, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Notice what the psalmist writes. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. You see, this entire book is about giving glory to God. He is the chief, if you would, chief actor in this book. And man is so vain and so full of himself that he wants to be the chief actor. There's so many stories that man wants to take the place of God in. We sang that little Sunday school course, you know, about only a boy named David. You know, David goes out to fight the giant Goliath. And he shows up and there's all of, of King Saul's army and they're, they're just, uh, you know, they're back there and they're scared to death of Goliath, the champion of the Philistine army. And David goes out there and he picks up the stone and he... He, he has the five stones and he puts one in the sling and he, he fires it and it hits Goliath and knocks him down and, and he goes over and takes Goliath's sword and slays him. And so many are preaching that as if that, you know, you can be Goliath if you, or you can be David if you'll have faith. That, you'll never be David. David is a picture of Christ. You and I are Saul's army back there and we need God's champion King David, King Jesus to deliver us. You see the whole story is about Christ. Not unto us O Lord, not unto us but unto thy name give glory.
ever since the world, or ever since sin entered the world, man has sought to glorify himself. Look what I've done. Won't this do? Isn't this good enough? Look over, if you would, to Daniel chapter 4. Remember the words of, of uh, King David. As we read there in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, he said, Who am I? You know, and what are my people that we should, we should uh, build this and, and give this unto you and, and be able to, to, to serve you? Who, who am I? Now let's read the words of another king, King Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel 4, verse 28, it says, And this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? It's a lot different than what David said, isn't it? David said, Who am I? And who are, who, are, who are your people, God, that we should worship you? King Nebuchadnezzar says, look at this great kingdom that I've gotten by my own power and my own majesty. And you keep reading, verse 31, it says, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be uh, with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, meaning seven years, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled with, upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. And God taught him a tremendous lesson. Now if God did that to everybody today, who didn't glorify him, there would be a whole lot of us walking around with eagle's feathers and nails like claws. Look over in Romans chapter 1. Again, the Lord alone is to be glorified. Romans chapter 1. And I want to look at verse 21 down through verse 25. This is a passage of Scripture where we're literally living this. We're living out Romans 1. If you want to know what's happening, if, if you know, people use the phrase, you know, worldview, what's your worldview? You do you have a Christian worldview? Well, this will really tell you what's going on. 
In Romans 1, I'm going to read a portion of Scripture. This is We've really surpassed this and we're in the latter parts of this, this chapter. But I want to read here, beginning at verse 21, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but become vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So we see here that they didn't glorify God. And He just kept giving them over to something. Kept giving them up to something. And you keep reading, you'll see where we're at today. Now, the Bible tells us that in the church, God is to be glorified. Unto Him be glory in the church. Ephesians 3 verse 21. He is to have the preeminence in the church. Colossians chapter 1. I'd like you to turn over to Philippians chapter 2. One day, every single person, without exception, is going to glorify the Lord. Philippians chapter 2, and I want to read beginning at verse 9. One day, every person, without exception, is going to glorify the Lord. That's going to be a tremendous thing. Every tongue that has defied Him, every mouth that's blasphemed Him, every knee that has refused to bend and bow to His will is going to submit. In Philippians 2.9 it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him, and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's going to happen one day. I want to note, secondly, this word glory. If you look back in our text of 1 Chronicles 29, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, in verse 11, David says, 
Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory. He calls it the glory. And that tells us it's a definite article, the glory. It's not a glory. It's the glory. Meaning that there is no other glory. It's the only glory. And it's the Lord's. And the word glory means to emphasize His rank. That is His position. Like you would think about a military rank. His renown or His beauty. And so when we come into the Lord's church, and the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3.21, unto Him be glory in the church, we are to emphasize His rank. Well, what is His rank? Well, He's the head of the church. Well, how do you emphasize Him being the head? Well, husbands, how do you emphasize you being the head of your house? Submission, right? Subjection. Well, how do we emphasize the fact that he's the head of the church? Submission. Subjection. And do you know who gave us the greatest uh, only word I can think of is witness, but oh, example would be better. Greatest example of submission and subjection? Jesus. When He submitted to the will of the Father and went to Calvary. How do we emphasize His rank as being Um, as having the preeminence, as being the only potentate, as having the chief place in the church. How do we do all of this? Well, again, we do this and, and that everything we do is Christ-centered. When we have quote-unquote church, I hope that when we leave here, the thought should not be, boy, that was a good sermon, but rather, we have a great God. We have a great Savior. How do we emphasize His beauty? Well, the Bible says He's beauty and holiness. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Holiness deals with His being set apart, separate, sanctified, devout. Well, we have to be a holy people. Because the opposite of holiness is what? Well, it's sin, isn't it?
His eyes are too pure to look upon sin. And so in order for us to uh, 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 emphasize His beauty, we have to come into His presence in a devout way, in a sanctified way. Now, let me, let me state this, and this will be the last part of this message. How do we do all of this? How do we emphasize it? How do we glorify God? Well, the Bible tells us, and down through the ages, we see this consistent throughout, throughout every age, And that is the preaching of Christ. The preaching of Jesus Christ and Him crucified for the remission of sins. That's how you glorify God. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And notice if you would hear verse 15. The first time that man sinned, God came and preached the gospel to him. That's the first thing. He glorified himself. He had told man, he said, listen... If you eat of this tree, thou shalt surely die. A thrice holy God, a God who is holy, 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 said, if you disobey me and eat of this tree, you are going to die. Now I know a lot of people say, boy, that's kind of harsh. But you know what God did? He had great mercy. And He came in and He says, You know what? I'm going to give you a substitute. My only begotten Son. And He comes into Adam and He says here in in verse 15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. He speaks to the serpent. He says to the serpent, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and her seed and her seed is going to bruise your head and you'll bruise his heel. Signifying the destruction of the serpent and the death of the seed of the woman temporarily and yet he would rise again. From the very beginning, we find that Christ is glorified. In fact, in Hebrews, the Bible tells us in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. You know what the volume of a book is? The very beginning of it. How about Genesis chapter 4? Genesis 4 and verse 4. Here we find a fellow by the name of Abel. 
Abel preached Christ. When he brought that bloody sacrifice, he was preaching Christ. A substitution for himself. A death had taken place. Blood had been shed. And the Bible tells us in verse 4, And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. God will not have respect as you find with Cain's offering because Cain had one that had no blood and had nothing but his own works. And it didn't have anything of the glory of God. It had nothing but the glory of Cain in it. But Abel's, his preached the glory of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. Turn over, if you would, to the book of Jude, verse 14. The book of Jude, right before Revelation. There's a fellow by the name of Enoch. Remember, he walked with God and was not because he was translated. He was a prophet of God. You know, the Bible tells us that he prophesied. That means he was a preacher. And notice what it says in Jude verse 14. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. You know what saints are? They're those whom God has saved. It simply means devoted, set apart, sanctified. Well, how do you get sanctified? You get sanctified through the blood of Jesus. Verse 15 he cometh, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Sounds like he's glorifying the Lord Jesus, doesn't it? How about Second Peter chapter 2? 2 Peter chapter 2. We find in verse 5 a fellow by the name of Noah. The Bible describes him as a preacher of righteousness. It says in 2 Peter 2 5, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So here he was, one who was declaring righteousness. Well, who is he declaring? The Lord Jesus. 
Because Jesus is our righteousness. That's the only way you're going to have any righteousness is by faith in Him who is the righteousness of God. Look in Luke chapter 24. The Gospel of Luke chapter 24. We'll just summarize some things. How about this? How about the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms? All these books, we've, we've read in them, we preach Christ from every one of them. Again, the glory of God. Notice what he says here. Verse 44, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Jesus said that there were things written in the Scriptures concerning Him. Well, you preach those, you'll glorify God. Look over in Hebrews 9. Hebrews chapter 9. We started out in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and they were preparing the material for the, for the temple. And before that, they had the tabernacle and they would offer sacrifices. At the tabernacle, they would offer sacrifices at the temple. They'd have the, the burnt offering, trespass offering, sin offering, peace offering. There'd be a meal offering. They'd have the festivals, Passover. There'd be the... the <clears throat> Day of Atonement. All of those. All these days, God had set up and they pictured different things. And here in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 19, it says, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns or the representations of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, Amen. now to appear in the presence of God for us. So when we preach those Old Testament sacrifices 
and we preach them correctly, we glorify God because we're preaching Christ. Every burnt sacrifice, every peace offering, every trespass offering, those thousands that they offered on that day that we read in 1 Chronicles 29, they all pictured Christ for their sins. And then one day Christ came. And He died on Golgotha's hill. And He took His blood yonder to glory, as we read here, and to heaven itself, and He appeared in the presence of God for us. Look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Today, God is glorified by the preaching of the cross. You know, there was a day... I want to read this verse, and I want to read it in two parts. 1 Corinthians 1.18 There's a day, the first part of this, applied to every one of us. Maybe it applies to some still here. No doubt it does. I don't mean that as an insult. It says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. I remember when it was foolishness to me. Maybe it's foolishness to you. But if you keep reading, it says, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Because it was by the preaching of the cross that God saved us. And it's by the preaching of the cross that God saves every one of His children. That's why Noah did it for 120 years. That's why Paul did it after he got beaten and left for dead. And he got up the next day and he went back into the same town and preached again. That's why after Peter got in prison and he got set free, he went and preached. That's why after they got threatened, they went and preached. After they got in prison, they went and preached. That's why after James got killed, John the Baptist got killed, beheaded, they still preached. Because it's the preaching of the cross which is the power of God unto them that are saved. And so we preach Christ. We preach Him crucified. We preach Jesus dying on the cross for your sins. You see, you're a sinner. You've trespassed against God. You violated His Word. You'd be a fool to deny that. 
I think everybody here is too honest to say, you know, I, I, I have not violated God's Word. You're too foolish to say that. To try to justify yourself and say, you know what? I'm the exception to for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've sinned against God. You've trespassed His Word. You've violated it. And God said that there is only one name under heaven whereby you must be saved, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so you need to trust Him today. There's no exceptions. And so that's who we preach. That He may be glorified. So we, we commit you to the grace of God. Alright, we'll have an intermission till 11 o'clock. May God bless His Word.